used to describe Torah. I know to describe. The word Torah comes from the word Torah. Torah means instruction. If you teach somebody, you instruct somebody what to do, so that's uh, described as Torah. The teacher is a Moira, a Moira. It's somebody who instructs you as to, as to specific information, how to apply it, what to do. Hairais are, are, are instructions. And you know, some of the Mepharshim are dealing with Many, many Svarim discuss. If Torah is called Torah, that means that it's, it's instructions. It's teaching us how to, how to live, how to conduct ourselves. We know that there's Tariyak Mitzvahs, and yet... Is the entire Sefer Bracious with very, very few mitzvahs. Those who came to share Klali this week, so we, we found out that even the mitzvahs that we do have, we're not keeping because they were given before. The mitzvahs we're only keeping because they were given again at the time of Matan Torah. So it's the point of, of, of the entire Sefer Bracious. We all know the answer. I just wanted to be malbashit in a certain way and then to try to take it to a little bit of a different level. So there's a pasuk at the beginning of the parsha, the beginning of parsha is Vayishlach. Yaakov Avinu sends Malachim. Rashi tells us that these Malachim were real Malachim. Malachim Mamish, he sends them to Esav. And he sends a message to Esav, in Lavan Garti, Vaicharad Ata. I lived by Lavan, and I was delayed until now. So Rashi tells us, the famous Rashi, that the word Garti is Begamakriya Tariag, it's the same letters. In Lavan Garti, I lived by, in Lavan Harasha Garti, I lived by Lavan Harasha. I kept the Tariag mitzvahs, I kept the 613 mitzvahs, and I didn't learn from his bad actions. So the question is, if he kept the Tariyag mitzvahs, and obviously he didn't learn from his bad ways, what is the second part of Rashi? In Lavan Garti, I lived by Lavan, and I didn't learn from his bad maizim. So in Sichas Levi, from Rav Rudiman, was it Rashid in uh, Neri Yisrael in Baltimore, he explains like this, he says, in addition to the actual mitzvahs of the Torah, if a person, a person could technically keep every single one of the Tariyad mitzvahs in the Torah perfectly and still be the furthest thing from the way Yid is supposed to be. There's Hanhagas. Yiddishkeit is a lifestyle. Yiddishkeit is an attitude. Yiddishkeit is, is, is it's conduct. It's midas. It's a way a person behaves. A way a person, a person could be like the Ramban says in Parshas Kedoshim. It could be a novel b'rshus Torah. He could be somebody who's, who's missing, who's so, he's missing the point, and yet keep every single thing it says in the Torah. So he was telling him, he says, the way he's learning Pshat in the Rashi, in Lavan Garti, I kept the Tariyad Mitzvahs, and I was able to keep my essence, my being, to be like a Yid as well. In Lavan Garti, I kept the Tariyad, and I didn't learn from his conduct to be, to be a Rasha, to meaning to, to, to have the personality, the character traits, the bad mitzvahs of Arash, I didn't pick that up. I kept the Tariyad mitzvahs, but I also kept my integrity as well to be a Yid. Okay, that's one beer. So according to that, what is the purpose? What, is, what, what else am I supposed to be learning from the pages of the Chomesh? Not only the mitzvahs and is exactly the technicalities of how to do the mitzvahs, which mitzvahs to do, which mitzvahs not to do. I'm supposed to be learning mitzvahs, I'm supposed to be learning Hanhagas. I'm supposed to be picking up as I'm going through this, learning from the Avasak It says in the Gemara in Avodah the Gemara is trying to decipher this, a Sefer described in Sefer Shmuel as the Sefer Hayashar. The Gemara wants to know, what is the Sefer Hayashar? So Rabbi Yochanan says the Sefer Hayashar is referring to Sefer Bereshis, 
Because it talks about the Yesharim. Yesharim means straight. Who are the Yesharim? Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Because Bilam describes them in Parshas Balak as Yesharim, those who were straight. That's the Sefer HaYashar. I'm supposed to learn Yashos. I'm supposed to look and learn as I'm learning Sefer Bracious. Learn, internalize what I'm learning about. It's not just to hear a good vart and an interesting Misa. It's to internalize what I'm learning about the Avas HaKadoshim. What do I see? How did they conduct themselves? What did they do? And to try to internalize that. So in addition to the mitzvahs, in addition to staying away from the Averis, it's the etiquette, it's the Amhaga, it's the Midas. All of this I'm supposed to pick up from here as well. But let's take this a little bit deeper. Through Chaim Vital, in his Sefer Shari Kedusha, Chaim Vital asks Akasha, he says, if Midas are so important, not only are Midas important, Midas are very important. Rabbi Chaim Vital holds Midas, a person should spend more time working on his Midas than necessarily working on ben, the, the way he, he, his Lashen, than running towards the mitzvahs, the technicalities of the mitzvahs. Something a person should be spending a lot of time. So he asks in the Shari Kedusha, so why is it that the Torah doesn't command us to have good Midas? Nowhere does the Torah say it outright, that a person has to have good Midas. To stay, a, don't, be, don't get angry. Don't be hurtful. It's so many things about all the don'ts and the things a person should do. Why aren't they written about? Why aren't they mitzvahs? Rabbi Chaim Vital says, because this is the hakdama to the Torah. The Torah was given to people. In order to be a person, you have to have these mitzvahs. So there'll be enough there that you'll be able to pick up from what you need, but you have to realize it's a prerequisite to being a yid. Prerequisite to being a yid, to being a Talmud Chacham, to being somebody who keeps the mitzvahs, it's not just another mitzvah. They're not just extra mitzvahs. It's the foundation. It's who, the Torah was given to people who have good mitzvahs. To people. So it could be that, in, in a sense, Sefer Bereshis is also filling this role. Sefer Bereshis filling this role, meaning, Avada Sefer Bereshis is the Torah itself. It's not just an introduction to the Torah. But compared to the rest of the mitzvahs of the Torah, this is the Derech Eretz Kadmolatari. This is a person supposed to look at these parashiyas. What could I learn? What could I learn from the Hanhagas, like we said before, of the Yesharim, of Abram Yitzchak and Yaakov? What could, I, what could I learn from them in order to internalize it? But you see something a little bit interesting in the Svarim. You see that it's not only learning from Abram Yitzchak and Yaakov. There's a Mishnah in Abbas. The Mishnah says, Ezo Chacham Halaymed Mikol Adam. person has to be able to learn from every person, not only the Avas. Sometimes you could find a person who's anything, anything but an av. The guy's so far from it. I saw him told this Yaakov Yosef. He says it in a, he says in an interesting way. At the beginning of last week's parsha, Yaakov Avinu takes from the stones of the place. He takes from the stones of the place and he puts it by his head. He says you have some people who have very, who their hearts are very open. You ever heard the phrase? Sometimes you have a person who's like a, a, a heart of stone, like nothing goes in. He has no feeling. He's so disconnected. Yaakov Avinu was vayikach me'avne ha'makum, even from the avanim of the place, even when he saw people that their hearts were like stone, there was nothing. And he put it into his mind. He paid attention to what they were doing as well. Sometimes a person has to know that the emes or the hanhaga is not only, of course we have to emulate tzaddikim and certainly emulate the others. And that's the main point of Sefer Bereshis. But there are other characters that come in the Chumash also, who perhaps are not the others. Maybe anything far from it, but from them we have to learn as well. So I wanted to end the couple of minutes that we have to look at a couple of unsavory characters that come up in Parshas Vayishlach and try to take something out of their book. 
something that maybe we could internalize, we could use in our own Avodah Hashem, and um, hopefully come closer to the people we want to be, and closer to Ravon Shalom. So we started off with the Rashi. Rashi tells us, in Lavan Garti, I kept the Tariyag Mitzvahs, and I didn't learn from his bad mice. And the Pshat that we gave before from Ravunimum was, I learned from Lavan the Tariyag Mitzvahs, and I didn't learn his bad behavior. The Zerah Kodesh from the Rapshitzah says Yaakov Avinu was actually saying a problem. He wasn't bragging, he wasn't saying this as a shvach, he was saying it as a gnai. I lived with Lavan for 20 years, 14 years, when I was working for his daughters, and another six years. And I didn't learn from his bad ways, meaning I kept the distance from him. I could have learned how to be better in my Avodah Hashem by observing the way he did his bad things. In love and Garti, I, I did my Tariyat, but I didn't learn from his bad Maisen. Sometimes it's even learning from a Rasha. So let's look at two Rashaim. One Rasha that we have, your love him was last week's Parsha. All at the beginning of Parsha's Vayishla. Yaakov sends Malachim to Esau. You come Mamash at the best part. He sends, he sends Malachim to Esau. Where's Esau living? Anybody remember the first Pasuk? Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim. Artsaseir. Sedei Adon. So Esau lives, he's described, we're describing Esau's play. Artsaseir Sedei Adon, like Brooklyn, New York. Just tell me Artsaseir, tell me Sedei Adon. Why are we getting so specific? So I don't remember where I saw this, but I saw this in the Sefer. It says a tremendous thing. Why did Esau call these places by these names? Artsa Seir Sedei Adon. Esau had a fallout with his brother years before. When they were 15 years old, Yaakov took the Bechairah. When they were 63 years old, which was 30 years be- 34 years before this episode, he took the Brachas. Esau had such a deeply rooted hatred for his brother that he wanted to make sure he would never forget. He hated... You know, sometimes people calm down after a while. You get into a fight, you have a disagreement with somebody else, but after a while, it doesn't bother you so much. Esau wanted to remember the hatred, remember what his brother did, and never calm down. So Esau made sure to call even the place where he lived. He called it Sedei Edon. Never forget the red stuff. He never, ever wanted to forget that red soup. When he thought about it afterwards, what did he, look what Yaakov took from him for soup. Took the Bechaira, Sedei Edom. He's going to, the very name, every time somebody sends him mail, or he writes his address, Sedei Edom, Sedei Edom. He's never forgetting the Edom. Artsa Seir. What did Yaakov Avinu wear on his arms when he came in to get the brachas? Esav wanted to have that visualization of the red, of the hairy stuff that Yaakov put, the Artsa Seir, he called this place Seir, Sedei Edom. He wanted to even create like an imagery of red, of hairy, to remember exactly how it is that Yaakov took everything from him. Never to forget that. You see that if something is really, really important, you don't want to forget. A person sometimes gets inspiration. A person's inspired. So many times, I can tell you, I find that when I'm, when I'm talking to people and... You know, I remember when things were so good, and I remember when I really wanted to do it, and I remember exactly how I wanted it, and I'm not feeling it anymore, and my values have changed. You learn from Esau. Something to learn from Esau. You have to figure out ways to memorialize your hergation. If a person has pure hergation, a person has holy thoughts, pure thoughts, how am I going to do? What am I going to do to lock that in? 
that I'm going to remember that even if I don't feel it so much later, but I'll remember the way I felt and keep it. It keeps things. Esav was coming. It's brought down in Rav Yonis and Abishitz. I think we spoke about it last year. He was so angry. His anger built and built and built 34 years later. We don't have time to get into the Ramazim and the Psukim. It was Be'es Af. It was Berega Af. This was the climax of all of his hatred. How does that happen? How doesn't he calm down? Because he had that visualization. He built something in to remind him of the things. The most important thing was his hatred for his brother. And he had it built in. One of the eights over here that we're learning, how do I keep things fresh, is to somehow figure out a way to memorialize, to capture, to write down, to call something by a certain name, to create, to take a certain picture, a picture in your mind, a physical picture. What could I do to remember the way I felt so that if I stopped feeling that way, I could go back to that and plug myself back into those irrigations? And everybody has their way, but something to learn from that. But as you go a little bit further in the parsha, we read this Maisa of Shechem. Yaakov Avinu finally comes, <clears throat> comes into Eretz Yisrael. He's ready, almost going to his father's house. Buys the Chalkas Asada outside the city of Shechem. And we know that Shechem was named after the, the, the crown prince. He's a grown man. He has everything in the world. Everything, whatever son of Hamar could have, right? Shechem ben Hamar. He's a prince. He has everything. And he sees a young girl, an eight-year-old girl was very impressive. She was a daughter of Yaakov Avinu. She was a daughter of Leah Yimeinu. She was a sister to the Shvater. He sees her, and he, 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 he desires her. So the Pasuk tells us a tremendous thing. He does a Misa that he shouldn't have done, and then he comes. He comes together with his father to negotiate. And his father starts telling the Bnei Yaakov, you know, it would be a nice idea if our families could marry, and it would be good for business, etc., and Shemek, he doesn't have time for all this. He says, listen, I need to marry Dina. I need this to happen. Tell me whatever price you want. Anything you want, I'll make sure that it happens. <laughs> Shemek and Levi tell him, you're going to have to get a bris meal. You're telling this to somebody who's, who's a pampered prince. You're going to have some mutilating yourself. No problem. You're going to have to get everybody else on board. No problem. Whatever it takes. As soon as they make this deal, he goes and he does it immediately. So, Be'er Mayim Chaim. He says, person needs to learn from this. When I'm reading this, so what am I thinking about? Oidina, Oidina. He says, a person should be thinking also, I myself, what about the things, do I really have an Avas, uh, Avas Hashem? Do I really have Avas, Avas Yisrael? Do I really have Avas HaTorah? If I would really have love, look at the way somebody who loves something, somebody who loves someone, look at the way they behave. person who loves someone, person, that's what I'm learning from Shechem, person who loves something. I need to be able to invest in it. What am I ready to give for it? What am I ready to... Am I ready to give money? Shechem was ready. Whatever money. What if it in, in, incurs a little bit of pain? I had somebody who was speaking to me this morning. He's going through a little bit of a physical matzav now. He, pushing himself. He loves Torah. He loves to learn. But it's coming at the expense of physical pain. Should I... Should, am I putting in too much? Should I, should I maybe be holding back a little... But at least it's a question. I need to be, if I, if I love something, if something's important enough to me, I have to be prepared to invest. I have to be ready to put in. That's something we learn, and you know, the Bar Mayim Chaim says, especially, we don't have time to read it, how a, person, how a person should conduct himself. If this really means something to you, don't put it on hold. This is important, do it now. Shechem, right away. He wasn't waiting. Maybe somebody could have talked him in, talked him out of it, talked him into it. 
right away, Shechem, he was a man with a mission, he interrupted what was going on in the other dialogue. He says, this, I need to make sure that it happens. I'm ready to invest, and I'm going to deal with it right now. You know, so we've spent time, this man, talking about that if, if a person wants to accomplish big things, so I need to make sure, number one, that I have a goal. I have to find that inner strength and make sure that I do it. We've spoken about Zerizas. We quoted the Masil Sisharim who says that if a person really, really wants something, he'll do it with Zerizas. And if you do it with Zerizas, says the Masil Sisharim, you'll come to really, really want something. If you, re- you want to want, what do I do? Do it with Zerizas. Put yourself into that. Don't delay. Shechem wasn't delaying. Shechem didn't put anything on hold. Because if you want to do something and you want to accomplish and you put things on hold, and if you've ever heard the, I once saw the slogan, don't push off till tomorrow something you could push off till the day after tomorrow. Because you'll keep on pushing it off. <coughs> don't push off till tomorrow. To Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zamenfeld, the Lahavdil, there's Medayik in the Psukim. The Pasuk says that uh, the Moshe tells Yoshua, Go in Parshas B'Shalach. Go and fight with Amalek tomorrow. Say v'hilachem ba'amalek machar. So the Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zanenfeld says, Go and fight against which Amalek? The Amalek that tells you tomorrow. Amalek jumped into a hot bath and he cooled it off. One of the ways that the Satan cools us off is he says, It's not urgent, you'll do it. But do it tomorrow. First of all, I might push it off till the day after tomorrow. And by the time tomorrow comes... I'm not going to necessarily feel as inspired, as excited, as, as warm about it as I feel now. And then I won't do it with the intensity that I have. What are you supposed to learn, says the Be'er Mayim Chaim, when it, from Shechem Ben Chamer, and we have to learn, like we said, not only from the Avos who are Yesharim, even from the Lavans, and even from the Esavs, and even from the Shechem Ben Chamers. I need to learn that if something is important, I need to take care of it now, and I need to start it now. And if I can't finish, then at least I started it. Because when I push it off until afterwards, it begins to lose. It's part of that clip of Amalek. It makes it power of it. makes it soft. It makes it lose its, its urgency, its, its warmth. The excitement that I have right now is love Dafka going to be there later on. So why do people sometimes push things off? Why do people push it off? A, yeah, they're lazy. But number two, where does that laziness come from? Sometimes it comes from, like we said before, a lack of urgency. But sometimes it also comes from a certain sense of disappointment. I've tried it before. There were times that I was excited and I said I was going to do it and I, it didn't last. It lasted for sure. It was short-lived. It didn't last long. First, I, I said I was going to do it. I said I was going to learn longer. I said I was going to finish a masakta. I said I was going to work better on my tefillah. I said I was going to get up. And it lasted for a while. So now when I feel it again, I don't want to go through that heartache. So I'd rather just, that, that heartache, so I'd rather just be mediocre. I'd rather just go through it without trying so hard and doing it for a little bit and falling on my face. If anybody could relate to that, I want to share with you. Maybe this should have been the whole shmuz, but I want to share with you a short vart that I saw from the Marche Leiv, from Rav Schwab. It says, Mom, it's a beautiful, beautiful thought. We're two weeks away from Hanukkah, a little less than two weeks away from Hanukkah. The mitzvah of, the mitzvah of Neiris Hanukkah the mitzvah is considered such an important mitzvah, the Gemara says, Al Tpersume Nisa, it even takes precedence over other mitzvahs. Lamashal. A person only has a limited amount of money, and he could either spend it on Neris Hanukkah, or he could spend that money on buying wine for Kiddush. What does he do? 
Neres Hanukkah, Pirsum Anisa is other. Let's say it's uh, Shabbos Hanukkah. So you have the Parshas Miket, you have the regular Haftarah, and you have the Haftarah of Shabbos Hanukkah. What if it's Rosh Chodesh Teves? I have the Rosh, you have the, the Haftarah, I normally lay on Rosh Chodesh, or the Haftarah of Hanukkah. It's Pirsum Anisa, the Haftarah of Hanukkah. Hanukkah takes precedence over other things. Pirsum Anisa is very important. The lighting of the neiris, having those neiris lit is persume nisa, like we're saying, it's even more important than Kiddush and Shabbos. What is the halacha if somebody lights neiris Hanukkah and they go out? How do we pass them? Well, at the beginning of, of, of the second parak of Shabbos. Kavsa, if a person lights a neiris Hanukkah and they go out, ain't no zakachla. Person doesn't, person doesn't have, he was mekayim the mitzvah. What kind of a mitzvah is that? The mitzvah is persume nisa. The mitzvah is having them lit. So the Marche Lev says, when if you did what you were supposed to, you, put, you used the proper oil you were supposed to, you used the proper wicks, and you lit it in the proper way. At that point, you've done what you've done. You've done the best you can. If it goes out, a person has to, a person has to have that confidence and has to know he did the mitzvah as well. I didn't light for as long as I wanted it to light. I in a chanami. But a person did what he was supposed to do. One of the things to take from this is, sometimes a person feels, yeah, I would love to do it. I have a hergish. I have feelings of Avas Hashem. I have feelings of Avas HaTorah. I have feelings of Avas Yisrael. Some, there are people here, that she always has people coming in and out. But there are people who maybe could use a positive word, could use some chizah, could use some warmth. But I remember I went over it once and it didn't really work and it... <coughs> So many things, whether it's Ben Adam Lamakam, Ben Adam Lechaveroi, person says, I tried and it didn't work last time. Why should I try again? Well, in the heavenly book, Kapsa Ein Zakukla. In the heavenly book, when a person does something, you did, you, with a proper hachana, you did what you were supposed to do, you did it. Even where the Tayalis is, Persume Nisa, if you did what you were supposed to do, you did it. We have to have the confidence in ourselves to do the things that we're supposed to do. Even as we're reading the Parshas, to learn from the Rishayim, to learn from Esau, first of all, that sometimes when I have hergation and I want to memorialize the hergish, I've got to figure out a way to capture that moment and build it in and lock it in so that even later on I'll be able to come back and still get inspired by it. He did it in order to, to preserve his hatred for his brother. We could do it to preserve our she'ifas and our love for Hashem. That's what we could learn from Esau. And learning from Shechem, number one, I have to be prepared to invest. If something's important enough to me, I have to be ready to give money and I have to be, be ready to endure some pain and to get others involved also if that'll keep me going, get the whole city to do their thing. But certainly, not to delay, not to put things on hold. Sometimes I put things on hold because I don't feel the urgency. But you have to realize if you're going to put things on hold because you don't feel that urgency, a lot of it could dissipate in the meantime. In addition to, the, to it dissipating, a person sometimes feels, but what happened when I did it before? Whatever lasted from that? Because you don't see the heavenly score sheet. If you would see that score sheet, you would see Kafsa and Zakakla. As long as you ignited it, that ner, see Lashem, and you ignited your nefesh, you made sure that you did what you could to light it, that's going to endure. I wish everybody tremendous atzlach and this regard of